0: Oh, bless you. You with me? Yes. <laughs> so, does anybody have a leadership question? I would say senior associates and above. A leadership question. I posted it to the VW leadership roomy earlier. Does anybody have a leadership question, senior associate and above? Or you can ask it to your SMD or let's say senior associate, associate, associate. And if it's a good question, they'll ask it. If it's a bad question, they'll go, good. And then they we'll won't ask it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask it in the end. <laughs> Does anybody have a question, leadership question? Eugene.
1: How do you create the culture? Like, how do you get everybody together and root for the same team, for the same name, and just get the leadership to the next level?
0: How do you create a culture? Okay. So first way to create a culture is you need to recruit directs because if you have nobody on your team, there's no culture to create, you with me? You need to have people showing up. That down to recruiting, recruiting directs, recruiting directs, recruiting directs. Uh, by the way, everything I'm about to talk about is leadership, which means that the root is directs, 100%. So write that down. My number one focus needs to be directs because if I don't ever recruit directs, then I'll never have a team to lead, which means that my training that I'm about to talk about is 100% pointless. Make sense? It all comes down to your recruiting numbers. You have to have recruiting numbers, okay? By the way, it's recruiting, you never stopping in recruiting. All right, Ally and I are two directs this month. We'll hire another two by the end of the month. We already have it in place, minimum. Why are we recruiting still? Because what got us here won't get us there. What got us to a quarter million, almost 300, will not get us to a million, which we're gonna make in 2019. We know that. The team that got us to where we're at is not gonna be the team that gets us to EMB, CEO, EDC, and above. It's just not. And I realize that, and I know that, which is why I've never stopped. Make sense? That's why John's never stopped. That's why Travis never stopped. Because we know that what got us to where we're at will never get us to where we're going. Make sense? You just know that, point blank. Right? I have an awesome front line. Legit frontline. I'm not counting on it. Right? I have incredible SMDs and John and Andrea, bar none, wouldn't trade him for the world. I'm not counting on him. You know what I mean? If Mario Biona said, you know what, Matt? I'll give you me and my entire hierarchy <clears throat> for John. I'll pick John. Wouldn't trade him for the world. I'm not just saying that. I'm not just I'm not <laughs> like, it's not, like I was saying Like, not, i too. i Because <laughs> I'm not basing it off what he's built I'm basing it off what they're going to build.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: His vision is far bigger than anyone I've ever seen, Which is why I think him so. And because I know he's willing to put in the work. Are you with me on this? So, mm-hmm. how do you create a culture? Directs. Number one is directs, because you can't create a culture with something you don't have. Right? Number two, your team will do what you do. Right? So if you're culture driven, guess what? Your team will start to develop that culture. If you ride for your leadership, guess what your team will do? They'll ride for your leadership. When you show up, they show up, right? So let's talk about a culture, okay? One of my cultures that I've always focused on creating, at least within my team, right? Was a culture that regardless of talent and skill will outwork everyone else. Because hard work beats talent when talent does not work hard. I've never been the most skilled or talented person. I never, I don't think I was naturally gifted at soccer. I don't even have like, nothing about my figure is designed for soccer. Broad shoulders, used to be a little lower waist, big thighs, like, that's just not, right? But because of work ethic, I got good at it. I developed the skill. Make sense? Talent, you have naturally skills developed from hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. So one of the cultures I wanted to create is a culture of people <coughs> who just outwork everyone else. Mm-hmm. that's it if you were to got here at 9 a.m Eugene, which typically you are right, But so this morning at 9 a.m the only people that were here were Urban Tone myself Greg okay. came in at like 10.30 okay. Perry, spoon.
1: Where's
0: Perry I'm an Oscar normally here at 7.30 a.m So what was the culture? Well, by the way, the only reason John wasn't here at 6 a.m., right, is because he was on the Marine base this morning at 5 a.m., Are you with me? So, right, so technically he was here, you know what I'm saying? So, I wanted a culture of people who just outworked everybody. So what? why am I, why am I holding this BPM? So what, now, what am I now duplicating into my leaders? I do things that others aren't willing to do. Why do, you think why do you think we're holding this? Why do you think on January 1st we're doing it? Because I want a culture that you never start on the second. You start on the first. I want a culture of people who are willing to do whatever it takes in order to win legal, moral, and ethical, which is why I drove back through the snow last night. I probably shouldn't have for safety reasons. <laughs> I didn't have chains. Buy an appointment. I wanted to do that type of culture. So what do we have? People that operate the same way. Where it literally is whatever it takes. I won't sleep, I'll outwork everybody, I'll be in first, I'll leave last. Because if you're here long enough, you'll figure out something to do. Like that's it. You'll figure out something to do to grow your business. So whether you have an appointment or not, we have a culture that you're here grinding. Right? So I'll get here in the mornings, early, and I'll be the last to leave typically, or one of the last, or somebody on my team will be the last. I want you to show up at eight o'clock, and I want you to leave at midnight, every day for the next three months. And I want you to tell me if there's one day that somebody in LLD does not open and does not close the office. That's how you create a culture. Do what others are You with know me? Mean? That's the culture that I wanted. Because then talent and skill go to play. And I think that WFG is filled with a whole bunch of untalented people with the work ethic to develop the skill. You with know me? Mean? I, I think that is. WFG is a whole bunch of untalented people in this arena who just have the work ethic to develop the skill. I'm not saying you're not talented in other areas. But most don't come in and say, wow, I'm naturally good at
1: WFG. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just
0: naturally good at the phone call. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not part of it. So it is one of those things that it can, the skill can always be developed. So if you can create by your actions of culture that's willing to learn the skill, then you can start dominating and winning very quickly. You know I mean on that? <laughs> but you have to do it first. So you'll never do what you don't. Your team will never do what you don't. Or they might, but then they're not no longer following you, they're following the person that brought you in. You with know me? Mean? Does that make sense? Okay? Because they might look past you. Okay? Another part of culture, mama, they'll look past you. You
1: with
0: know me? Mean? Right? So, right? So here's the deal though. Another thing that you can do to create a culture is constant. So for instance, culture culture is an energy. Would you agree? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Culture is an energy. So when you have a culture, do you know what people are attracted to about WFG? It's the energy we have in the mozo. Mm-hmm. What Greg's about to say when he closes out the weekend, yeah, it has a little bit to do with it, don't get me wrong but where they were really sold and where they really made the decision was in the mo zone. That's where the real decision was made, was in the mo zone. right? That's where, that's where the real decision was made because there's an energy that they were feeling in the mo zone, that they were feeling an energy and it was either a great energy or it was a negative energy. When you walk into a hospital, is it typically a positive energy or a negative energy? Negative. Negative, and you can feel it, which is why you don't wanna be there right I guess just did okay when you walk to what's another I mean there's so many different examples but that's the best one I can give. you walk into a hospital you can feel tension you feel the tension the moment you walk in that's an energy You you walk in here they feel an energy that energy is culture and that energy makes them feel good and they say to themselves I don't know what it is about that place well, I just felt good while I was there and they can't pinpoint it mm-hmm. <laughs> but guess what that comes from thoughts whatever you think about comes about right so where's that energy created why do you think okay what do I do pretty much before every BPM or at least on our Tuesday night BPMs I send out messages I let everyone know even when the energy is high I'll go tell all my leaders and say, hey, the energy is really low right now. I need you to bring extra energy to get our energy up. Why do you think John, I love having John do pregame. John has the ability, is one of his gifts. This is why he's going to be one of the MCs at this year's 12th Bowl. Come on, John. John, John. has the ability and the gift to sense the energy in an entire room and change it. He can feel the vibe of a room and immediately shift it and change it. That's part of energy. It comes from where? Being observant. You Mm with me? So then he can take it and he can look at everybody's smiles. He can look at everybody's energy and he can start to feel, oh my gosh, people are feeling some type of way. I can shift it. I can say something. You with me? And he typically can do it through action. So, for instance, everybody smile right now. Now, everybody stand up. Everybody say, I'm grateful. I'm I'm grateful. grateful. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. There's Woo! a different energy in the room. Can you feel it? Okay, right. I can feel it. Right? You can shift an energy really quick. You with me? That's part of it. Creating a culture. Mm-hmm. Because if, as part of a culture, you, it's all energy. So if you can't get your leaders and your leadership team to shift the energy, or if you are not yet in that leadership role, right? Your energy plays a major role in you building a hierarchy. Because they'll sense your vibe, they'll sense your energy, and they're either gonna say, I wanna be around your vibe and around your energy, or I don't want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. Or I don't mind if I lose it or not. You with me? It may not even be a bad energy. It's just not a good enough energy for them to wanna stay and wanna be around it. It's not contagious. You with me? It's not one of those energies like, I don't know, I just love having that guy around. I just love having that girl around. Right? So having a moderate energy is also not good either. Does that make sense so as a leader creating a culture has a lot to do with you sensing okay wow the energy's low i got to be the one that creates it and goes and changes it and makes it an energy that people want to be a part of it's all a coach does in the locker room mm-hmm. right so that's what you have to be able to do you got to learn to look at the room and say wow the energy's low i'm going to be the game changer i'm going to be the one that freaking shifts it I'm gonna be the one that changes it. Well, number one, how do I do that? Number one, I gotta change my energy. I gotta smile more. Hey, how's it going? How's your day been? Awesome. Hey, you ready to kill tonight? You excited? You fired up? Hey, you ready to murder this thing? Hey, game time, game time, baby. And you gotta be able to be willing to get uncomfortable to go change everyone else's energy, to change the entire energy and the entire culture environment. <laughs> right? It's a little bit weird sometimes. When a leader gets up on stage, yeah, we have to do some embarrassing stuff sometimes. Well, what most people consider embarrassing i don't care what people think so i don't think it's embarrassing anymore right but in my beginning stages i thought it was the most embarrassing thing in the world but i had to do the things to shift the energy right as a leader you notice like wow it's a little bit light or it's a little bit dim in here not the lighting but the energy and you go around and you say you know what i can feel it this is affecting my energy this is affecting my culture this is affecting my environment i'm gonna go talk to everybody else who has influence and I'm gonna make sure that their energy is on point. So when we go into this pregame, when we go into this mo zone, all the energy is shifted. Why do you think we have an av booth? Music creates energy. Because energy is a what? A vibration. Music is heard by what? Vibrations. Creates energy. Does it make sense to you guys? Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Culture, all culture is is an energy. That energy is either putting off negative or it's putting off positive. You, as the leader, determine what that energy is going to be, but you can't get other people to bring a positive energy if your energy is negative. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Does that help at all? Yeah. Yes. All right. By the way, if you're brand new, how long have you been around, brother? Uh, well, I've been gone for about a month, uh, but before that was here for three weeks. Three weeks, right? Still the really new. I've recognized you, but I feel like I haven't seen you in a while, right? So he was gone, out of town, okay? So here's the deal, he's back. You could be brand new and shift the energy of everyone else. Just you being excited, you being fired up, and you being energetic, you with me? That's it, can shift the entire environment. Well, how come, right? So when Chip had us, when we were at the other office, when I came into the BPM, by the way, right now we had more people than my first BPM with guests. In all of San Diego. Like right now, more people with guests including have more than what we have. You with me? And this is like my CFTs. (laughs) Now. You know what I'm saying? Not even. Okay? So check this out. What happened? Okay? Didn't have any young people with energy. I came in, not in a boastful way, fired up and excited, energetic as energetic as heck, right? Got super excited. Everybody was like trying to calm down my energy, just so you know, everybody was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Alex and Stephanie turned it up, right? So everybody else was complaining to Alex and Stephanie about me, because I was fired up, excited, energetic, walking around like, what's up? But right? I was just like, ex- I was 19, you with me? I was saying, I would walk into the office, open the door, good morning, Amy Joe, and I would yell, she was the old office manager, and they were like, Matt, can you keep it down? This is a professional environment and everybody tried to calm down my energy. One of the greatest things that Axe Stephanie did, they said, don't listen to anyone, only listen to us. Turn your freaking energy up. And all of a sudden, I was like, all right, cool. So I just got super excited fired up. and was bringing my energy every day, like pre-game. I started running pre-game as an associate within my first like eight days, and I started running it without knowing what to do. And then Stephanie would come and clean up the mess, but I was fired, <laughs> I was fired up and excited. And the energy in the entire office changed We went from a producing office to a recruiting and building office right then because I was excited and the energy shifted. And all of a sudden, I had a whole bunch of young 19, 20, 21-year-olds, boiler room type thing of a whole bunch of fired up people ready to get rich, right? Ready to get stone cold rich, okay? And then guess what? The energy started changing in the office. And then we started whooshing and booming in BPMs. And everybody complained. And we had to come, hey, Alex me no more whoosh boom in the BPM. So guess what? That's where the V, no. Why do you think that came from? Because they shut down our whoosh. But we were like, no, nope, they ain't shut it down our whoosh. Where do you think that came from? Do you, do you think that just randomly appeared? We were in a VPN, they said the whoosh took too long because we were whooshing after everything. <laughs> <laughs> this person had a guess. Oh. This person just breathed in oxygen. Oh. <laughs> so we were like, all right. They were like, okay, we got to figure out something that's short, sweet to the point that lets people know. You with know me? Mean? That lets them know. So that's where the V, duh. That's where that came from. Was that? Be good you know that's where it came from. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we started doing that every VPM, right? And then guess what? The entire culture shifted and changed. Recruiting numbers went up, more six-figure earners popping out, SMDs popping out than ever before, because somebody decided to be fired up in an environment that wasn't fired up. Damn. <laughs> so whether you're new or not, brother, you can just come in, fired up, excited. And then guess what happens? You're fired up and excited. And people look at the person with the most energy as the leader. Whoever's the most fired up, people are like, that guy must know where he's going because he's fired up. He's excited, right? Excited and fired up people. Do you want to know why they're excited and fired up? It's because they actually looked at their future, and they know how to get there. And they're excited and fired up. So all of a sudden people see all these excited and fired up people like, man, that guy's excited and fired up. And they're like, wow, that guy, why is he so excited and fired up? And then they start to realize like, wow, that guy must know where he's going. Because depressed people don't know where the heck they're going. That's why they call them wandering generalities. Right? Meaningful specific, meaning you have specificity about where exactly it is that you're going making you a meaningful, specific. And energy goes where focus flows. Your focus, meaningful, specific, your specificity about where it is that you're going, that word is always so hard for me to say, right? Your specificity about where it is that you're going, energy flows there, energy flows through you, you're excited, people wanna know why do you have so much energy, and they wanna know, well, Johnny, how? Like, what are you doing? Come to Tuesday night and I'll show you. It's your energy that attracts him to the BPM.
1: That's
0: it, right? Blaine brought you in, right? Right. Okay. Blaine, credible. like he's a nice guy. A nice guy, okay? Super nice guy. Don't know why he, br- like, people, like, he brings people in? His energy is right. His energy is right. <laughs> Sometimes people look, right, and they'll come up to me and like, man, I'm like way more talented and skilled than that guy. But yeah, he's smoking you though. <laughs> Ooh. You don't know why? His energy is phenomenal. He's just smiley, happy, in a good mood, and people want to know why are you in such a good mood? Like, why are you in such a good mood? He's like, well, let me tell you. Right? Can I ask you something? And this is like just to kind of give you an idea of why it's so important to be fired up, energetic, and excited all the time. Okay? If you are in your house and all of a sudden you hear all oh, this like uh, there's this house across the street that's on fire. House across the street on fire. Are you going to stay in your house? No. No, no. You're going to go outside and you're going to look at this thing burning. And then you're going to ask the neighbor and you're going to say, hey, how, how did that house catch on fire? Why is it burning? What happened? And like, I don't know. Let me go ask somebody else. Like, Hey, do you know what happened? And then they're going to tell you a story about how it happened. And it's not going to be the accurate story. So then you're going to go over here. And then everybody starts talking about how this one house is on fire. No one's, no one's helping. Right? Everybody's talking about how this one house is on fire. So check this out, okay? What happens when you light yourself on fire with WFG? Everybody's gonna start wondering like, what, how's that, why is that person lit on fire? And then you recruit their ass. (laughs) People, when people, you light yourself on fire and when people come to watch you burn, you recruit them. 100%. Because guess what? You're fired up. Why? Because you know where you're going. If you're unfired up, it's because you may not feel that you know where you're going. Whether you have results yet or not, your energy and excitement will determine whether you have results in the future. And the sooner you can get out of your own head and say, you know what, I'm going to be fired up and I'm going to be excited, is the sooner your business takes off. That's it. Your business will take off when you decide to take off. Your business will explode when you decide to give it some, gives it some spark. You with me? Your business, just so you know, it's like this. So imagine a whole bunch of gunpowder, right? And all it needs is a spark to blow up. Well, guess what? Imagine if you're that spark. The problem is none of you have caught yourself on fire yet with this company and what we do. So you're, guess what? You're like walking over like, how come my business isn't exploding? And you're just walking through the gunpowder and nothing's happening, because you're not on fire.
1: You know what I mean? You gotta light
0: yourself on fire and then just dive into the gunpowder and start blowing things up. You with know me mean on this? Yeah. It's very important. That's how you create a culture. You create it. I can't explain it. You're know, like, how, how do you do it? Just do it. You just gotta be it. You gotta be an energy that everybody wants to be around. They say, you know what? I wanna be around that guy more. All right? Things that help, complimenting, excitement, smiling, those things help, don't get me wrong, but there's a certain energy that you have to portray. Like I know where I'm going. If you follow me, I'll get you to where you want to be. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You with me? Mm-hmm. That's it. One of the reasons. What other questions we got? <sighs> no, that was a long answer. It was important. I do, Isaac. It's a great answer. Yeah. Oh, they're close. Come on, guys. It's good to hear. Go what else oh, we get? That. What other question? Right. Leadership question. How do you raise your identity to attract higher identity? It's a good question. Don't mind my hair. I know I look like a homeless person. I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't had time over the last couple of weeks, so my hair in the back is all not cleaned up. I haven't had any time when my barber was out of town. and just delayed it. I'm going tomorrow, okay? So here's the deal, though. Now you gotta staring at the back of my head. <laughs> so if you, are, if you are a 7, you will never recruit an 8 because that means that you're recruiting somebody who's at a higher identity than you and if they're at a higher identity than you they will not follow you because they already think they're ahead of you how do you follow somebody that you're ahead of how do you follow somebody that you're ahead of you can't you with me on this it just can't be done so as an eight you can recruit a seven, but a seven cannot recruit an eight. You remember on this? Mm-hmm. You, as a person, your identity, imagine your identity being the number. You will only recruit people at a lower identity than you. You will only recruit people at a lower identity than you. That's why it's more comfortable for you sometimes, okay? I'll tell you something, there is nothing wrong with being a janitor, nothing wrong with it. But that's why you feel more comfortable talking to the janitor than you do the CEO making a half million a year. That's it, because you're looking at yourself as maybe a four and you're projecting them because of their career as maybe a two or a one or a three. And all of a sudden you think you're better than them Not in an ego way, not in a walk around and you are, I'm better than you. Not in that. You just, it's just what happens, it's human nature, right? By the way, you know a garbage truck driver makes more than 50,000 a year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? But guess what? People feel, people, yeah, garbage truck driver, nothing wrong with being a garbage truck driver. Can I tell you something though? People associate them right here because of their career. Has nothing to do with their income. Mm -hmm. It's hard work. They associate it with their career, so they automatically assume their identity is lower. So they feel comfortable talking to people here. Well, how do you start to recruit that person that makes six figures? Get yourself up on that dominant hierarchy. That's it. Grow your identity. You start to become a five. Now guess what? Four has just opened up the door. You become a six. Guess what? Now you can recruit fives you become an eight, guess what, now you can recruit all of them. If I wanted to, I could have 100 directs this month. Just because of identity, okay? I'm not saying that in a boastful way. John could do the same thing, you with me? So the sooner you grow your identity, is the sooner you'll be able to attract better people in your business. When I first came into the business, everybody I recruited was 1819. Why? My identity was 1819. The directs I hired on Saturday were married business owners 29 years old. Why is that? In my mind, I'm married. In my mind, I'm 29. <laughs> In my mind, I'm 40, right? That's just how I view myself. By the way, identity is how, what is how you view yourself. I view myself. As 40 years old plus, so I don't mind talking to those people. I actually feel more uncomfortable talking to people who are my age, yeah. because I know, not in a disrespectful way or boastful, I know they're not on my level, not even close. Not in a rude or disrespectful way, not in the ego way. It's identity. It's the thermostat. You with me on this? So you have to raise your thermostat if you want to attract people who more people. <laughs> Right? Think about it. Who ha- who's, who's it gonna be easier to for the person? Who, if you're a one, how easy is it gonna be for you to recruit people? If your identity is a one. There's not that big of a market at zero. I'm just being honest with you. Your market is homeless or in jail. And I'm not saying that I'm mean or disrespectful. It's just because your identity is so low, that's all you can attract. You with me on this? Yeah. you guys like so that means your mark is less why did I say well I can go recruit 100 directs this month if I wanted to do want to know why because I know not only have the ones that I can recruit I can recruit the twos the threes the fours the fives I have a whole list of downward that I can go recruit but my thought process was this if I can raise my identity to maybe a nine that means that I can recruit the eight and I can also get, because I got the eight, all the sevens in their lives, the sixes in their lives, the fives in their lives, the fours in their lives, the threes in the ones, and the ones, the twos, <laughs> you with me? That's just it, right? Instead of going for the low hanging fruit, raise your identity you to the high hanging fruit. So not only do you get the fruit at the top of the tree, since you're already up there, you can get all the fruit below it too. You get the whole tree. Does this make sense to you guys? So how do you get your identity up as a leader? Number one, Study leadership, that's it, study leadership, right? People is, how come you can go to John, myself, Travis, how can you can go to us and say, hey, which book should I read? And I can tell you this one. If I've only read one book, I can't recommend anything. <laughs> right? You know what I did for my mom and dad, everybody in my family for Christmas here? I got everybody books. Absolutely. I got everyone books based off where I feel that they need to work on. Right? Or based off what it would add to their fire. Right? I got a book from my brother Noah called Failing Forward by John C. Maxwell. Why? Because he gets very discouraged whenever he fails and he looks at himself as a failure and it keeps him from taking action. So, what did I do? I got him a book that helped me through that. Right? My brother Josh is reading a book called uh, Start with Why by Simon Sinek. Right? which is one of my favorite books. And Simon Sinek wrote another book, Simon Sinek Sinek wrote another book called Leaders Eat Last, (laughs) Leaders Eat Last, which I also read. And since he was already reading this one, I got him the encore Leaders Eat Last because he's in a leadership position overseeing people. And I also know that it would help him in that arena. But how can, I, how can I do it? Because I already knew that he read this book and I already read the encore. How come when people say, Matt, which leadership book should I read? Well, number one, you should start with leaders, uh, Developing the Leader Within You by John C. Maxwell. Because if you can't lead yourself to the office, how do you lead others? Do you know what I mean? If you can't lead yourself to wake up in the morning, how do you lead others? You can't lead other people if you can't even lead yourself. So I said, you know what? Guess what? Number one, developing the leader within you. Number two, developing the leaders around you. So that book will help me start to develop people around me. Number three, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. <coughs> so I can understand the different pieces of the puzzle of leadership and what affects it. Right? And then I really wanted to get to a point where I started developing leaders. So guess what I did? Five levels of leadership. You with me? So I have to study. The area that you want to grow your identity in i'm no longer studying soccer i can't even tell you what players on which teams anymore i used to be able to tell you that you know why it's not the area i study instead of this my identity here that's how i grow my identity so i study whatever i want more of whatever i want to get better at here anything else outside the business i don't study you mean it doesn't help me in my faith my family or my business i don't study you know what I mean? So, you gotta work on yourself. You gotta study le- if it's leadership, study leadership. If it's closing, study closing. Whatever area, which all of them in this business, you gotta study that area and practically you can't get it wrong. Right? And by the way, leadership is developed daily, not in a day. It's not something you develop. It's not like, oh, I read this book, I'm a leader now. <laughs> right? By the way, being a good leader, you don't know how you become a good leader? You'd be a really bad leader. Yes,
1: exactly.
0: That's how you get to become be a really ready. good leader, because you make mistakes, and you learn more from mistakes than you do in your success. So do you want to know how I got decent at leadership? Is by being really bad at it, <laughs> and learning. Wow, this really does not work the way that I'm doing it. So now I have now I know what not to do. So now when my people are coming up, I can say, hey. I've been there. Don't go down this path. If you're in it, this is how you get out of it. If you're about to enter it, this is how you change directions. Why? Because I've been there. You and me? You know how you say the, the toughest seas make the greatest sailors? You and me? Because they've been through it, they know how not to go through it anymore or how to handle it when the ocean gets crazy. Make sense? Yes. So part of it is just doing it, taking action, and making mistakes. So people are so afraid to fail that they never try. You can't be afraid to fail. You're going to make mistakes in leadership all day long. I probably made some today already. I probably made some on the stage while speaking to you guys. I probably made some. You with me? It's part of it. But you can't be afraid to fail. Because if you're afraid to fail, you'll never learn anything. So it's, I think the greatest leaders were once the worst leaders. And they just failed themselves all the way through the difference is is the ones that are winning big now, they just failed faster than most people. Mm-hmm. You with me? Rather than just diving in and saying, hey, I can't swim, but I know if I jump in the water, I'm probably gonna need to learn how.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> right? It's part of leadership. Hey, I may not be the best leader yet, but I know if I throw myself in a leadership position, I better get good at it quick. I'm just on this out. John, if I throw you in the middle of the ocean, you think you're gonna learn to swim? No <laughs> <laughs> right? You think you're gonna learn to swim? Heck yeah, you're gonna learn to swim. Right? You better learn quick, right? Or else you're gonna die. Does that make sense? That, that's just how it works. So some, but the problem is, is people also, by the way, you also can't be waiting like, hey, now you're allowed to lead. Uh-uh. You just gotta start leading. You just gotta start leading. Right? You don't ask. Hey, Matt, should I break down all the, the, the chairs in the room? Just go do it. And if you make a mistake, I'll say, hey, we typically keep the two the two rows in the front row, uh, set up, everything behind it. Okay, cool. I think you're ever going to not do that again. You know that? If all of a sudden I came out, all the chairs. You took it out all the chairs. Your grandma's like, I did it. I said, thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Just so you know, though, we typically leave the front two set up. That sound good? You did a great job, I appreciate it, but in the future, just leave these two set up. that sound good? All right, cool. Guess what? Every BPM for right here on out that he goes, we will set up two. Yeah. Imagine if it was just done for him every time he came in. Can I tell you something? Guess how many chairs we can fit comfortably in these first two rows? 47. I don't know why? I set them up first myself. <laughs> I wanna know why, in my opinion, that's important to no? know, because now I can coach you on how to do it, because I've done it. You and me, I set up all the chairs in this room before our. Remember that, Alex? You and me, me and Alex Siddiqui set up all the chairs before the BPM because I wanted to know the exact amount of chairs we could hold in this room. That way, if I'm ever called on for that reason, I'm in another state speaking. and I say, Matt. How many chairs can you put in the main hall? I can give them a number, so I can be a leader from across the country because I know my stuff. Other people just have the chairs set up for them. That's fine, right? That's why they say the janitor is the most deadly person at a school because he knows everything and he has a key to every closet. You me on this? Throw it out. He's done everything. That's why somebody, like the greatest principal, started as a janitor and they worked themselves up. They've been in every single role so they understand every role that everybody else is in. That's why WFG leaders are so strong compared to the rest of the country. Because the rest of the country, you go get a degree and they place you into a leadership position. While in WFG, you start from the ground up and all of a sudden you go work yourself up. So that way, when it comes to being a leader, you can tell them at every single level, yep, yeah, what's going on. Why can not WFG has the strongest leaders than any leadership company, than any other company across North America. Because every leader in WFG started from the bottom. Now we mean? <laughs> every yeah. one of them. Point like blank, period. Every leader in WFG started from the bottom. Where are you at, Mr. Joshua? My brother's name. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Joshua, you could be brand new. Guess what? I was once sitting <coughs> brand new in the business in my training. I was only training associate I did the same three three thirty as everyone else. I did the same ten and ten to hit my SA promotion. I did the same forty thousand points and five licensed agents hit MD. I did the same seventy five thousand. I doubled it. But I did the same seventy five thousand to hit SMd and ten license agents. I did all those things. You know I me? Mean? I've done it too. Every person in WFG, that's a leader, started where everybody else starts. a lot of They pay hundred dollars. Pre licensing courses are cheaper. Right? But they all started at the same spot. Does that make sense? So that's why leaders in WG are so much stronger because they all started at the bottom. So even if it took longer, it's okay. If it takes you longer, that's okay. I don't encourage it, I want you to go fast. But if it does take you longer, that's okay. Just know that you could be one of the strongest leaders this company's ever seen, because you have the experience. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna learn as long as you fail fast. Fail fast and you'll learn fast. Fail slow and you'll learn slow. Make sense? Any other leadership questions? Did I answer the question? What was the question? Study work on it, throw yourself in the fire. Any other leadership questions? Leaders may be a question that you have for someone on your team. It's another leadership thing you should write down.
1: Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fell forward. What is, that excuse? what is an
0: excuse? <laughs> a reason that you validate in your own mind on why you don't do something. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> a reason that you validate in your own mind for why you should or should not do something. To you it's a reason, the person giving it, it's a reason, you create it as a reason, okay? So think about it like this, okay? Am I boring, you guys? No. 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 I said it's not supposed to be motivational. okay check this out so I'm gonna use the most used one that's ever given my kids not for the reason I don't do it and who I do it for I can't make it to the BPM because of my kids. I can't make it to the BPM because of my kids. You justified it as a reason in your own mind, as a solid reason on why you can't be here. Because of my kids, I can't be here. Momo, on the other hand, said, I'm doing this for my kids. So I'm going to figure out some way. I'm gonna figure out some way to get there because my kids is more of a reason on why I am doing it than why I am not doing it. Both solid, don't get me wrong. Works on both ways. You can do the the reason I couldn't make it was my kids. Momo said the reason I'm going to make it is because I need to win for my son. That's the difference between a leader, an entrepreneur, and a entrepreneur. He's doing it for the people he cares about. They use the people they care about as the excuse, the reason, and they validated it in their own mind as a solid reason. It's not an excuse to them because now they now their way out is you're just not caring, you're just not sympathetic, you don't care. See it again. You and me. Mm-hmm. And now they look at it as a bad reason. Like no, <laughs> we just look at life differently. If think about it. Okay. Johnny, what does this side look like? The other side? Yeah, describe the other side to me. Mm-hmm. white the gray side. Okay. <laughs> Urban, describe the other side to me. You can probably guess, but describe it. It's gray and blackish. Okay, now describe your side to him. It's gray and blackish with a white side that says black Okay, so now I, I said the poison, right? So check this out. You saw it from one perspective. You saw, you saw, okay, this is gray and black, so the other side is called the gray and black. He saw it. There's a Ross sticker with a price tag, gray and black, with little black dots in the corner. So his perspective, it's still the same thing. It's the same item, different perspective. You with me? Same reason. Someone used it as a reason to not be here. Someone justified it as a reason to be here. <laughs> The person who can learn to stack up the reasons on why they are here, who they're doing it for, is the people who starts winning. Because all of a sudden, it starts going like this, and your excuses no longer exist because your reasons outweigh them. So what happens is is most people, they start stacking up the reasons on why they don't. They say, well, I can't afford gas to get to the office, so now gas is here. Rather than being, I can't afford gas to get to the office, so I need to go get to the office so I can make some money, so gas is no longer a freaking issue. You with me? So now they start taking all these reasons and they validated it in their own mind. I don't have gas, so I can't be there. Oh, I have kids, so I can't be there. Oh, my mom and dad are giving me crap for not being with them, so I'm not there. I'm here, all my family's up in in Big Bear right now. And I heard it for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours yesterday on why I shouldn't leave and yada, 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 guess where I'm at, here. Because even though they said all this stuff, they're here. Because who paid the mortgage this month? Who paid property taxes? Who paid for the trip to Big Bear? (laughs) Who paid for the half, when uh, when we got to the mountain and my dad hasn't skied in 15 years, and he said, I don't know if my feet are gonna be able to handle it it, because he has neuropathy because of all the chemo. And he says, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to ski. I just gotta go try it. I'm gonna do one run. Well, I paid $100 for him to try to do one run. And guess what? That one run turned into seven and eight and 10 runs. Yeah. Did my brothers pull out that $100 to pay for that one run? No, who did? Guess what? My reasons are here. Does that make sense? So what's an excuse? An excuse is a reason that you validate and you allow it to be the reason you don't do something. I don't have the guess. Well, the real entrepreneur uses that as a reason on why they should be here. I, I have kids. Well, the real entrepreneur is <laughs> on this side. You know one of the ways we can identify
2: if someone is gonna like really win fast in WFG. Matthew can, tell, can probably vouch for this because he's great at like identifying like future SMBs really fast. Are people, is people in your organization or you should ask yourself this, do I always have to have somebody else solve a problem for me or do I solve my own problems? Simple problems like that too. Do your SMB always have to solve a problem for you or or am I capable of solving my own problems? Those are things you should think about, especially like when you start building an organization, you start realizing that, why do I have to keep solving problems for you every single time, right? People that are leaders like John or Oscar, right, Urban, like they figure things out and then they come and tell Matt what they've done. Mm -hmm. You think about it. Some of you guys might be looking at mobile. By the way, I vouch for Matthew what he's saying. He doesn't have any kids, I do right? And there's fathers and mothers in this room, so I vouch for everything he's saying. But if you some, you, some of you might look at MoMo and be like, oh, Stephanie said no kids in the office. Stephanie said this, all these things. Now here's the deal. I'm not saying you should bring all your kids and it should be a, you know, child daycare center. What I am saying is, this is a man that's willing to figure out and solve despite what People have said what well, we should or shouldn't do to figure out how to be here for him and his son today. Think about what he's doing for his son now when his son gets older, and he's like, you know what? My dad never makes excuses. Therefore, I shouldn't make any
0: excuses. He's also, we, he we also just back. saw that, yeah. man, my dad got <laughs> three guests, so guess what? When I turn 18, I, 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 I'm going to have guests. <laughs> 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 <And then laughs> <you and laughs> Can tell I tell you something now? Make sure you that. Can I give you guys an example real quick? So for instance, kids. What's well, up? Matt, you don't have kids. You don't understand. Yeah, well, I have a dad that's been on a deathbed for 10 years, and I can be with him spending time right now, but I'm here so that way he doesn't have to worry about money. Yep. It's, it's equal. Thing. It's equal. Just so you know, time with dad with my hero that's dying. Well, it's probably greater because he's probably getting Or versus the child, so. Time with kids. <laughs> me is greater. I would consider them equal. What's well, funny is this because it's how you validate it. Revalued. It's your reasons. You with me? So I look at it as equal. Oh, that's where like, oh my you don't know, get. Yeah, but I have things that are equal. Everybody has their. Just, just so you know, okay. You could have, or it could be small to Irvin, but it could be big to you, Johnny. And it could be big to Irvin, and it could be small to you, Johnny. You with me? It just once again comes down to perspective. You could be looking at the same thing, but from two different points of view. I think one of the greatest photos—not one of the greatest photos—but there's a photo of the, the Prince of England or whatever getting out of a getting out of a, a, a limo, and there's somebody that took a photo this way, and somebody that took a photo from this way, and he's going like this, and that side shows a peace sign, and this side shows him flipping people off. Perspective. So now somebody posts this photo and everybody's like, "He's the worst. He's flipping people off." When he was just putting a piece, perspective. You with me? So you can view one thing in some way; they can view it another way. The goal is, though. The point is, is you need to stack up all the reasons on why you are doing this. You need to get everything here. Anything that you could possibly use as an excuse or a validation on why you're not doing something needs to go on this side. Well, I have work. John has that excuse. Hasn't stopped him. SMD getting his ring. Hasn't stopped him. I have a job, I'm in the military, I can't do this because I only have two hours a day. Did it stop him? Did it stop Andrea? Did it stop Travis? Nope. So the difference is they allowed it to be a reason, you allowed it to be an excuse. That's why I did it. <laughs> you with <mean> me? <laughs> did I answer your question?
2: Thank you, brother.
0: What else do we, uh, what other questions do you have? I only have about 10 minutes. We'll open it up to everybody.
2: Retention, how, what's your take on it, like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to ask the question, come on, I know some will, some will, who cares who's next, but, like, I don't know, like, just elaborate a little bit more on retention, like, how how do you go about doing it, from your your perspective? (laughs) Awesome <laughs> <to get
0: them>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> a but I on. think mm-hmm. so, retention mm-hmm. comes down to knowing your audience and being able to adapt. I know the audience in here is a little bit more serious of an audience because you're here. Why do you think I'm talking about a leadership in there? not an accident? We had new people here have been talking about sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> And flowers, and. but here's the deal. You might be motivated by money. Joshua might be motivated by helping people. If I talk about money, I'll blow him out. If I talk just about helping people, I'll blow you out. So Knowing your audience—that's how you're changing. Knowing who you're talking to. So, for instance, right? John had an appointment before this with a couple, right? Young, sharp, marine couple. Her number one motivation is helping people. That's why she's worked with nonprofits before. <coughs> I hear her say, "I just don't know where we help people yet." Because after a first day of orientation, still didn't get the big picture. It's fine. Didn't mean John did anything wrong. I just heard it. So I walk back around and I purposely brought up a photo of my son in Africa. <laughs> that was I was kidding. The kid that I'm sponsoring. I say, John, did you see this kid that we just? Did you see? He just sent me a letter. And they're like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh, you guys didn't see it on the group meet? Awesome!" And I showed this them. This is one of the kids we sponsor in Africa, and we give back to the nonprofit. And guess what? That could be one of the reasons she was retained. So it's knowing your audience. You might be. I'm motivated. Just you know, I'm motivated by getting wealthy. Point blank. Period. Like getting rich, Ferraris, Lambos, houses. Boom. I'm one hundred percent motivated by things. I'm motivated. King. Can I tell you something? I'm motivated by being number one. I want to be number one all the time, today, yesterday, the future. There is no number two. I need to win. And I don't need to just win. I need to be so far ahead that nobody even thinks about who number two is. Because I'm so far ahead. That's me. That's me. Can I tell you something? That's not everybody. So if I only talk, and I'm just gonna use Joshua, right? Let's say Joshua is not motivated by him being number one. He doesn't even care about ranking. He just wants to be a part of a team. And I make him feel like he's not part of a team because he doesn't want to be number one, and we're a squad of people who we need to be number one. Guess what, he's gonna feel like the outcast, guess where he is, gone. You on this? So it's understanding who you're talking to, why they're here and not just why you're here. Don't sell your dream, sell them their dream. And then remind them of their dream and then make sure that their dream fits within our entire team's vision as a hierarchy of work are right? So I'm mutually appealing for the most part, right? I try to be very mutually appealing, right? I know who I'm speaking to, I know my audience, I know what I can and cannot say when I'm standing down. I didn't always know that. I sold everybody my dream. (laughs) I sold everybody my vision. I sold everybody this, rather than letting them know what theirs is and helping them identify their vision and helping them build off what their vision is. Mm -hmm. So how do you retain people? It's knowing who you're talking to, who your audience is, Mm -hmm. right? That's why sometimes you guys have seen me on a Tuesday night, I'll get up here and I had an entire training (coughs) planned out, prepare for that training for, uh, when I prepare, I prepare for like five days to train. I let tonight, tonight was based off my leadership intuition. Okay? But for instance, I'll come up on a stage, after preparing for five days, look at my audience and train on something completely different. Why so I, I looked at my audience and I realized, wow, the people that are in this audience who I thought were going to be here is not the audience that I was expecting. I'm shifting it because if I speak on what I'm about to speak about, I'll either blow these people out and or and or they'll be bored because they're at a whole nother level. You with me on that? Mm-hmm. Understanding who you're speaking to. That helps with retention. Mm. Knowing their goals, knowing their whys, that helps with retention. Focusing on helping them win, that helps with retention. Making them feel like, it was such a habitual reaction today. I'm making phone calls the Oscar and Greg starts laughing and points out to her. And I was like, he's, he's doing it and he doesn't even know it. He was like, what? I made some phone calls, right? Some of them didn't pick up. And I was like, hey, they're gonna call me back at 6 30, don't even worry about it. I was like, what's the next phone number? <laughs>
1: right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I went, and I like was I was overcoming an objection that I would typically get with new, oh my gosh, nobody's picking me up. I was like, hey, don't even worry about people are picking up. I think it's 5 30 right now. 6 30, everybody's gonna call me back. Right? And I started <laughs> making phone calls. And Greg was like, you didn't even realize you did it, did you? I was like, what? It's like you overcame the objection of them feeling like they were he was failing. Right? right. Even though he would feel like he was failing, <laughs> but I overcame the objection habitually. <laughs> Still enough, though. You with me? By the way, by back. the way, by the way, two people did call back at six <laughs> thirty. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't lying, right? I wasn't lying. They did, no, right? Fine. Right? They did call me back. But what did I do? It was habitual to overcome the objection. Why? Because I made it habitual. I know that if somebody's having a whole bunch of phone calls made for them and none of them are picking up their phone, they're starting to feel like this doesn't work. They're feeling like I'm failing, and nobody likes to do things they're not good at. Mm-hmm. So I naturally i overcome the objection. I'm not, even if it's for our friend. Right? And John came to me, right? I want you to sound like you're winning. Right? Think about it. The other day, you asked me to make a phone call. Habitually, I got a voicemail, and I told you that by the sound of his voicemail, this guy's going to come in. <laughs> I don't even realize it, and I realize it now. I went up to you, after I made that phone call, I said, like, hey, I spoke to you, someone called up and message super like super professional voice voicemail. He's definitely gonna call me back when i to be part of a revenue sharing program. I want to become an agent. I'll let you know when he calls me back, right? So now you're walking away like, yeah, this guy's gonna call me back. He's gonna join a revenue sharing program. Like, he's gonna be a millionaire, <laughs> right? Why? But it was habitual. I didn't even think about it. I just did it. Because naturally, my mind is just how I retain you. Do You feel like you're winning, you'll stay. People don't do things they're bad at, right? Think about it. John, did you play multiple sports as a child? Yeah. What, what are the maybe two sports you played?
2: Boxing box and
0: soccer. What were you better at? Soccer. So what, what did you go down? Soccer. You do what you're better at, because naturally you feel better about yourself when you're doing things you're good at. And you feel bad about yourself whenever you do things you're bad at. So what do you avoid things you're bad at? So if, you, if a new agent feels that they're bad at this, guess what? They're not gonna stay. But if a new agent feels <laughs> like they're winning, regardless of them winning, they'll actually probably stick around to win. So I want people feeling like they're winning uh, all. <laughs> let me celebrate a little of this Who as a guess? Isn't everybody supposed to have yes? Oh, man. <laughs> <It's so fun. laughs> right? This person's a champion. They did a field training appointment. Oh my gosh! Aren't they supposed to be doing field training appointments? Yep. This person read a book. Aren't you supposed to be reading? A book? <laughs> Right, like I'm just being honest with you, what did I do at the very beginning here? You guys are champions, you guys are here on a Wednesday
2: after Christmas, nobody else is.
0: Guess what, you're supposed to be here, you're a business owner. I'm recognizing you for doing what you're supposed to be doing anyways. But now guess what, you are sitting in the seat in the very beginning, you're like, I'm a winner, everybody else is losers, I'm a champion, you're sitting in a seat and they're not sitting in a seat. That is the only freaking difference. I got offended when Matt
2: was like, hey, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like we have those conversations with leaders. Like, Is this a trick question? Like, of course I'm going to be there. <laughs>
0: so, like, I'm just like, you know, I just, show, I did it to you today. <laughs> right? That's what you got to do to your people. They need to win. Oh, my gosh. Like, you got all voicemails? Most people don't even have voicemails. Your people have voicemails. Now they're like, yeah, a lot of people do have those. Are you thinking? I'm being dead serious. These are <laughs> things you do that help retain people. What is maybe another couple? Of que- Let's get like one or two, and I'll try to answer them quickly. Did that help your? Did that answer your question, Mama? It sure did. Man. All right. What else we got? Anything else? Leadership tips for young. Great question. People coming in. That's a really good question. And I'm not no, just saying I'm, that I'm to I'm recognize you and make you feel special. No, it's a really good question. So, leadership tip for somebody who's young mirror older people. You hear me? Yeah. Why do you think I mentioned Thomas Brothers in my presentation? All the old people, oh, sorry, all, all the more seasoned people laugh. They're like, Thomas. I remember Thomas Brothers, right? I relate to them. All the young people are like, what the heck's Thomas Brothers? It's a map in a book on how to get somewhere, right? <laughs> On that. So all of a sudden I'm able to. So friends, little stuff like that, okay. But a big thing is, is what do, what do more seasoned people like to talk about? Okay. Their families, their kids, their grandchildren, all right? For instance, I'm going to give an example, okay. Can I ask you a question? You're more seasoned than I am. That's the only reason I ask. Okay. Are you 100% motivated by being number one, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, all those <laughs> different things? <clears throat> Is that like your number one motivation? No. No. <laughs> you want me nice? this? So, if I sat down with you, and I was selling you Lamborghinis, Ferraris, millions of dollars sitting in your bed, ba- if that was my only thing that I was using, right, she probably would not look to me for any type of leadership, right? But if I can figure out what her motivating factor is, her number one motivating factor is, right? Now I can say, hey, I wanna help you win for your kids. Right? I wanna help you win for your kids. I wanna help you, I wanna help you make sure that you have no financial. World. I know legacy is probably important to you. Yes. Imagine being able to build a business that will pay your kids and their kids and their kids for what you do in the next five years. Yes. Definitely. I'm gonna help her reach her goal with fulfilling the dreams for her, what she has. You with me on that? So number one, and then number two is like for instance, if I talk to somebody who's married with kids, if that's their, that's what they like to talk about, I'm gonna talk to them about their kids. I don't have conversations or like, oh, do you know Beyonce's coming to now? You with me? She would give two craps if Beyonce came to town. You with me on that? But like, but but, <laughs> and then, you go over, but then you go to maybe Vanessa. Which Vanessa, how old are you? You tell her Beyonce's coming to town. She's like, what girl is going to be Beyonce? Right? Because she's going to be fired up about it. You with me? So it's knowing who you're talking to. Makes sense? So whenever I'm talking to somebody who's older than me, right, whether it's 25, 30, all of them, you know, everybody's more seasoned than me. Right? Because when I'm talking to them, I'm talking about based off their age demographic, right? How would they like to be talked to? I also do it with respect. Number one is respect. Yeah. Number one is respect. Title, all that stuff doesn't mean crap. When I talk to someone, it's bam and sir. Right? I'll do an appointment with somebody who's older than me, right? And I'll go, if they're like, you know, late 30s, 40s, 50s, somebody's in their 20s, I'm not talking to you, sir. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> but if I'm with somebody who's like, you know, in the late thirties, forties, fifties, and I would say, hi man, how's it going? Come on
2: back. Hey, how's your day going sir?
0: It's so nice to meet you. i first to some good things, come on back. Right? And what I do is I wanna make sure that I can learn something from them, but they can learn something from me. You agree on that? Because if they feel that they taught me something, they'll feel great. And they'll feel like, okay, this, this kid is willing to learn, he's humble. Right? But if I, come across as a cocky you know-it-all, they're, they're like, who's this arrogant kid that makes me feel horrible? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right, so that's showing them that respect. So my big thing, whenever I'm talking to somebody who's a little bit more seasoned than me, I'll just have them say, hey, I'm gonna let you know there's gonna be so many different things that you can teach me. You. Right? You've been married for 30 years, right? you have so much life experience, and I can't wait to learn from you. And hopefully there might be some things in this business that I can teach you, because I'm really, really good at this business. And I feel that if you teach me things in your, the areas that you're incredible at, and I teach you areas in the business that I might be good at, together we can go make a massive impact together. <coughs> How does that sound? You know I mean? Mm-hmm. Telling myself, say, hey, you can teach me things. 100%, 100%, right? I get advice from Pastor Larry all the time. Why? He has wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Money is not wisdom. SMB, not wisdom. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's being able to receive wisdom from them, but also understanding this business enough to give value here. Can I tell you another something, though? They'll never follow you here, though, if you can't. For instance, um, Lena asked the other day, qualities that maybe I might have in the business. I know WG inside. right I can break down every number, backwards, forwards, sideways, why? Because I knew that the only way someone who's more seasoned would look to me and say, Matt, lead me, is if I had the value in WFG that they feel that they can win. I may not be able to lead somebody in their marriage. I've never been married. I may not be able to lead you on how to parent your children. What I am good at is directing you to people who can do that. Mm And number two, I'm good at knowing WFG inside and out. So regardless if I can teach you to be a parent, regardless if I can teach you to be married, regardless if I can teach you in this area or that area or this area or that area, I can teach you WFG and you know I know WFG. Because I've done my due diligence to be the best person that I could possibly be at understanding the WFG business. And I am to this day still working on it every single day. So they may know, they they come up and say, hey, I can't teach you how to be the best spouse. I've never done it. Never been there. Well, what I do know is this business and I can help you win here so you've got to know WG in and out so regardless if you bring value in parenting or value in marriage you can bring value in WG so what I lacked in age and experience I made up for in studying WG inside and out my Does that help Does everybody mm-hmm. yes yep. okay would you agree Definitely. <clears throat>
1: Definitely.
0: I think I it's it would be ignorant to think that you can learn one thing from everyone but it also be ignorant to think that you can learn everything from one person hmm. so I can take there's I feel that every person can teach me so as long as you come from that approach is yeah everybody can teach me everybody can help me become better that's why I get a like uh, pastor Larry I told him I said hey if you ever feel that I did something that maybe would not maybe in my faith would not mean not being as faithful as I need to, babe. Maybe by a comment that I said, or maybe a comment that I said that could have hurt a married couple that I did not experience or realize because I'm not married, or maybe I said something that could have offended somebody that has kids and, and I don't have kids, so I don't have that. I said, Let me know. I told Pastor Larry that. let me know. I <clears throat> call it a blind spot for a reason. If I can't see it, it doesn't mean other people didn't. Also, too, just to see understand,
2: like Matthew's a genius at that, but notice. Even with the example of kids, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I know what he's getting across, but I need to defend for him to help help you guys understand that his intentions is pure, and he's not just attacking someone that has kids and, like, you know, just completely, like, not sensitive about them, because I've seen him done a lot for kids, or even my son,
0: at least, you know, as well, too, so it's just, like, little things like that from a leadership standpoint. To be honest with you, providing for your kids is probably one of the things that I'm most passionate about. I used to work in a daycare. My mom ran a daycare that went out of business. One of my goals is to help her open up the daycare because her daycare was about teaching kids leadership and integrity and character, which daycares, they don't teach those things. That's what her daycare was all about. So I want to help her open that back up. So that's actually one of my biggest passions. Like, Matt's insensitive to people with kids. Now I'm trying to build this business so we can affect more kids. Yep. Just how a more you positive what what it's way. That's why
2: I said, Should I ask the question? Because I just needed him to really understand. Yeah. Thank you for that.
0: By the way, notice how he asked the question. Leadership. <laughs> Matt, should I ask the question? And then everybody's like, Yeah. Now it's no longer him. It's you guys. So if you guys were offended by the question, it's your fault. You wanted him <laughs> to ask <laughs> Do You doing no, it? That's strategic leadership. That's strategic. I'm saying. Stuff that people don't think about. He thought about. Right? <laughs> I'm teaching you the stuff. It might be a little bit higher level, but there's people that are SMDs that still don't get that. Yep. He asked a question that he knew would be sensitive. He's like, this is a little bit sensitive. So he overcame the objection before the objection came up. Rather than just asking, Matt, what's an excuse? He said, I don't know if I should ask the question, Matt. Should I ask it? And then he's like, Yeah, John, tell us. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you guys have any other questions while we're waiting? I mean. It's going to be pretty simple. Do you have a question? Um, how did you get, a, get you adversity when you first started the business? Because I know you started it when you were going to. I, when I decided to be an entrepreneur. I think adversity, the reason people have a hard time with adversity is because they haven't decided to be an entrepreneur yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. When I decided to be an entrepreneur, I knew up front and in full I was going to face a whole bunch of garbage. That's so when it happened, I wasn't like,
1: "Oh my gosh!" I
0: was like, "All right, cool." I was ready for it. You with me? It's like the difference between somebody shooting a, uh, a gun and you having a bulletproof vest and you not having a bulletproof vest. It still hurts, but it doesn't hurt as bad because I was prepared for it.
1: <laughs>
0: you with me on that? I get shot. You get shot. You're bleeding out on the ground. I'm like sore. I was like, "Oh." Ah, and I sort of walk off the pain. And I've never been shot with a bulletproof vest, but this is my image, right? It's like, right? And I walk out the like ah, and it burns for a little bit, right? But I can get through it faster because I'm not bleeding out on the ground. So when I decided to become an entrepreneur, I knew up front and full I was gonna face a whole bunch of garbage. I was gonna face <coughs> maybe some financial struggles. I knew a whole bunch of people were gonna talk crap. I knew a whole bunch of people were gonna quit on me. I knew that if it was easy, then everybody would do it. I knew I had all these quotes that I would say in my head that would get me through it. If it feels most people wouldn't get through this. If it was easy. Everybody would do it. What's a problem to a giant? Is this problem big or am I just small? And I would just ask myself these questions, and I would get through the situations. Wow by asking myself questions, right? So I was prepared going into every adversity. I already knew it was coming. So I wasn't like, oh my gosh, it happened. I was like, yeah, I was expecting this. And since I was expecting for it, I was ready. It's like being prepared for a test and not. If You go into a test you're not prepared for, I was like, "Ah." right? But if you go into a test that you've already studied for, it happens. It may be still a little bit challenging, but you're gonna complete that test faster and with more precision than the person that didn't study. I was studying and ready for that test. You can say why you can say triangle. Alright, cards
1: are here. guys. Yes! Alright, guys, cards, cards, cards. Let's yeah. see. George. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah.
2: Oh, um, That's it. That was it. Horshey. Let's let's go with Horshey. Oh Uh let's go to Ricardo's office so we can have a big shop we'll grab Eugene, we're gonna go to Ricardo's office and second shelf. Yeah, sharp hair. That's funny. Sharp hair. You're, you're sitting with him, yes. Yeah. Sharp hair. That's hilarious. I love